Hey guys, welcome to Writer's Lens. It's JCL Felto, your host, and I'm doing a live stream this evening on February 12th, Saturday night, uh, here in the Western world. So much going on right now outside of just the Olympics and international news and politics and everything else. And I just wanted to get a, a break from all of that and just do my own live stream this evening as my kids are watching a movie uh, and my wife is working. And I just said, you know what? Let's do a follow-up to one of my episodes from 2021 talking about heroes and villains because I think it's fun. Okay, just, just to be honest, I, I think it'd be kind of fun to do so. So, uh, But this episode is tailored towards uh, something I think is a, is a real truth about us as individuals because in my last episode in December, I talked about how we create heroes and villains in our own personal lives and, and throughout the story of our lives we end up projecting ourselves as the hero of our own story. You know, we want to be seen in our own story as the hero. We want to be seen as the one who's, who's uh, you know, sailing off into the sunset, who's charging into that horizon, who is, you know, going off into that wonderful place. And as we are doing that, we are overcoming the obstacles, be they inanimate or uh, animate as in terms of people that are in our uh, path, that we overcome these things and become that hero that we feel we are destined to become because so many of the great stories, so many of the great epics are centered around a hero or heroine who overcomes all these obstacles and even other people in order to achieve their ultimate goal, which, you know, would be the happy ending or perhaps uh, divinity or enlightenment or whatever it is you think you're going for. But for me, when I, when I think about heroes and villains, uh, I don't think that the majority of people really relate the best to heroes. I think we like heroes and we admire heroes, but I think in many cases we might relate better to the villain. And you might go, well, Josh, I don't know if I, I really agree with that, or I don't know if I can get on that bandwagon with you, but just level with me for a moment here in this episode. Uh, because when I talk about villains, um, Villains are very different from heroes, and yet at the same time, they're similar to heroes. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Unbreakable, which I think is probably one of the best superhero, uh, or at least the best exploration of the superhero myth uh, by M. Night Shyamalan uh, back in the early 2000s with Bruce Willis and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Robin Wright is also in this film. Uh, that film totally encapsulates the myth of the superhuman, you know, the person that is born differently than everybody else. And not only are they born differently, they have extraordinary abilities. Maybe, you know, their, their bones don't break or they can lift really heavy objects or they can see through walls or whatever it may be. That person is different somehow. And the thought is that because they have this birth defect or this birth, uh, you know, genetic alteration about themselves, that they should use it for the betterment of others, right? Like that is the idea of, of the hero. Villains contrasting with the hero are not going to do that. And that brings me to my point in this is that, you know, heroes require, are required to put a lot of work into their talent, even if they're born with a certain talent, even if they are have a particular gift, they have a particular power, they have to work at it. They have to discipline themselves to actually use it. Whereas with villains, yes, they may discipline themselves. Yes, villains are seen to, uh, you know, be great swordsmen or perhaps uh, sorcerers or, you know, business moguls or whatever they are in some particular story. The thing that separates that villain from the hero is that 
the hero has to sacrifice something about his or herself in order to proceed along in their journey to become more and more of the hero. The villain does not. Okay, the villain does not. And that's kind of the crux of this episode. Not to belabor the idea too much, but just to unpack it some more. The villain is more than willing to sacrifice others at the altar of their dreams and their pursuits. The hero will not. Okay, so another you know good example of this is that uh you know the Dark Knight I think uh, with Christian Bale and um, oh goodness the, the late Heath Ledger uh, the contrast of Batman and the Joker and in this particular movie there is a line by uh, by Harvey Dent who plays or who is a Two Face ends up being Two Face he says you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain and that's one of the quotes he uses in inside the movie and. Bale's character, who's Batman, kind of wrestles with this a bit. Uh, Joker's character is not really a, a manifestation of that of that quote or anything. But the idea that's that's strung out between the characterization of Batman and the Joker is, is, is rings pretty true. You know, Batman himself is an anti-hero. Okay? He's a vigilante. You know, he doesn't play by the rules. He's outside the confines of of, of normal society. He's, he's not exactly a hero. He's kind of the anti-hero. He, he does his own thing. He has his own set of rules. And the Joker does the exact same thing. He's outside the set of boundaries, but he breaks the known rules in order to get what he wants. And so he's perfectly fine with being the villain in some sense. You know, he's this agent of chaos in that, in that film. And he's more than willing to sacrifice his own people to continue his pursuit of whatever it is he's after. I mean, uh, you know, how many villain stories do we see play out where the villain takes his own henchman and maybe cuts his head off or says, this is what I'll do the rest of you if you don't get in line, or he makes two of them fight each other, or, you know, he sends one person to their death so that, you know, he can be uh, elevated into another position of power. This is how villains behave, you know, in, in terms of story. They will only look out for themselves, okay? They're not necessarily interested in the consequences because they have their own, uh, you know, passion or their own desire to meet themselves at that horizon. And they're willing to throw anybody under the bus in order to get there, but not themselves. The hero, uh, in accordance with the hero's journey, uh, Joseph Campbell, who I've talked about on this podcast before, he put mainstream the idea that, you know, hero with a thousand faces, the hero's journey. Campbell writes about how the hero has to go through some sort of transformation process. The hero will embark on a journey, and on that journey, not only is he going up against a, a villain character, but he's also facing the elements, or he's facing a difficult choice. He has to sacrifice something. He has to find a weapon of some kind. He has to go into the abyss, the unknown, and the unknown spaces could be places that he doesn't like about himself. And he has to root those things out in order for him to become a more complete individual and take down his nemesis or foe, which of course is the main baddie at the end of that, at the end of that tunnel. So that's what heroes have to do. You know, that's what heroes are required to do. But as a villain, you just pursue yourself. You pursue your own desires. You may not even consider other people's dreams or passions. You're just after your own. And it's for this reason, okay? It's for this reason that. I would say, I would think most people would relate to the villain much more because, you know, just think about our culture at large, you know, think about the mainstream messages that exist today about what you're supposed to do with your life, especially here in the West where there's such a, such an emphasis on the individual, which is to say, 
you know, speak your truth, you know, be yourself, you know, be you, do you, you know, chase that dream, chase that passion, you know, do whatever you feel is necessary, you know, hustle, 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 work hard. You know, you know, people use this word hustle. Okay. They use this word hustle. Now, whenever I used to hear the word hustle back in the day, if you had a side hustle that obvious, that obviously that meant a, a negative connotation, you know, you're not supposed to hustle people out of something. Okay. You're not supposed to do that. You have a side job or you have a side, uh, you know, trade or, uh, you know, you're an understudy with somebody, but to call it a side hustle, you know, I, this was a relatively newer thing for me. And, you know, I, I know I sound like an old curmudgeon, but I'm, I promise you I'm in my thirties to me that has a negative connotation to say that I got to hustle and I got to, you know, uh, I got this side hustle. So words are important in that, res in that respect and how we view the pursuits of our passions. And being careful, of course, to not want to become the villain. But again, relating more to the villain. Um, you know, I think about Hollywood as well. You know, I think about, uh, you know, I referenced a couple of movies there, Unbreakable and Dark Knight. But, but look at the resurgence of films about villains being the main characters. I mean, Disney has been going down this path for years. I mean, look at Maleficent, uh, the Cruella movie. Uh, you know, they've, they've uh, redone some of the stories, live action stories, you know, like Jungle Book and whatnot. Um, and there's characters in there inside of the movies that seem to be somewhat charismatic. I mean, there's Christopher Walken who plays the, the Gigantopithecus, uh, King Louis. In the original Jungle Book, uh, the cartoon version, King Louis was kind of, you know, happy-go-lucky, was kind of this blues, jazz kind of guy. And in this version, he's kind of a darker, more powerful-looking individual who could just, you know, slay it because he's a Gigantopithecus, uh, for all my, my uh, science nerds out there who, who know what that is. But at the same time, you kind of look at him and go, wow, he's, he's powerful. He's, you know, he's, he's got all these things. He's this king. He actually looks the part of the king now, and he's portrayed in a much different fashion. If I look at, uh, you know, like uh, Game of Thrones, which was, you know, incredibly popular for, for many, many seasons, uh, save the last one, uh, supposedly, <laughs> which I, I didn't watch. But even the first, you know, few seasons of the show really turned a lot of people uh, on their heads, the viewers on their heads, because instead of being your typical medieval fantasy where there's really, really good night on this side, <coughs> excuse me, really, really bad night on that side, and the two are always clashing because they have opposite ideologies, Game of Thrones was literally a story about a Game of Thrones. It was about who could manipulate whom and who could take the throne from another person and how could they work the system within the system to do it. Um, is this person really bad? Is this person really good? Not really, but people were drawn to this storyline, not because necessarily, I mean, the writing was really good from the first season because that's the season I watched, but we were drawn to it because of the decisions that the characters made. We could see why they wanted to do the certain things they did, that we could relate to, you know what, it'd be nice to be king or queen. It'd be really cool if I could control this outcome, if I could figure out how to, you know, weave my way, if I could be a wordsmith like this person, then I could be that much better in my own life. And yet at the same time, many of those characters are more than willing to throw other people to the hazard, throw them to the wolves so that they can continue their pursuit of whatever it is. And, and again, I think this is the default setting of most people is that we look to ourselves first and we say, I, I need to get mine. You know, I, I need to get what's best for me. And I, and I think I should preface this by saying there's something wrong with that, right? Okay, you're not supposed to walk around all day going, you know, how can... How can I lay down like a doormat for everyone? That's not what I'm saying. You have to have some 
self-gusto, so to speak. But at the same time, there's a humility aspect of this. There's also the perspective of how can I be better tomorrow than what I was today? How, how can I be better today than I was yesterday? You know, what is this, what, what is good that I can move myself towards and discipline myself with? Because those things aren't easy. And that's another part of this that I think, uh, as I try to reiterate this, toward, as try to bring this to a close as well, is it's easier. It's easier to feed ourselves. It's much easier to, to play on those natural default, okay, you know, this is what I want. I'm just going to go get it and I'll put the blinders on and I never have to think about anybody else. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to do what's best for me. And in the midst of doing that, we can become the villain in somebody else's story, right? I mean, it just, it can happen, uh, you know, accidentally or naturally, organically, whatever. But those are the things that can happen. Okay. Those are the things that can happen because it's easier. It's so much easier and natural for us to end up becoming the villain because it plays on ourself. It says, go get yours, do what you think is best, you know, be yourself in some sense and, and be whatever you want. <clears throat> and in that, in that regard, you can do whatever you want, because if you believe in whatever you want, you can do whatever you want. And it doesn't matter about the people around you. So that's, uh, that's, pretty much my, I, I guess, my uh, conclusion on all this and why I think when we, we look at stories, we can probably relate in some sense to villains. I think in more recent years, we've seen that in, in a lot of story where the villain is not always so overt. Uh, the hero is not always so overt. We look at the hero and we see them as not being a totally righteous character. Now, I, I love stories where there's the righteous character and there's the very obviously bad villain character. But the hero often like I said, has to go through many trials just to get to the villain and defeat them. Okay. It doesn't mean the hero is perfect. Okay. It doesn't mean the hero is this perfect individual and you're not a perfect individual either. I just to, to pop every, anyone's bubble that's listening, you're not a perfect person. There is going to be change in your life and things that are going to be required of you to discipline yourself to become better. But if you don't, you will pay the consequences for that. In one way or another, you will either, you know, trampling on somebody else or them trampling on you and you not being able to handle it. Those things may happen, but the villain is set on their own goal with their blinders on, burying themselves as far as I can say, and not worrying about other people. And uh, again, I, I don't want to, you know, broad brush stroke and say that one person's all evil or, or all good or anything. We're all capable of good and evil. But what is the gradient by which we see ourselves on individually? Are we just pursuing things for the self? for the selfish reasons, for our own desires, or are we moving towards this grander horizon that actually is good? And it's good for me. It's good for others. Uh, is it is it glorifying to God if, if I can insert a little bit of my own personal uh, viewpoint in this uh, at the end of this story? Uh, but, but what is it? You know, what is it for you per se in how you would say you relate to heroes or villains in stories? And and uh, I know many people might say, well, you know, it's not as easy to say everything's black and white and everything's good and evil. No, not, not for, you know, not necessarily. But over time, there are patterns, right? There are patterns that will emerge about a person or, you know, certain things that are happening in a person's life by which we can say, whoa, okay, hold on. You're being a little selfish or, hey, you know, you've really made some improvement and I'd like to encourage you further in that because, wow, look at what you've been able to do. You're really, really going to get towards that. <clears throat> the end of that passion project that you're working towards, which is something I need to be held accountable for because of my own lack of, uh, or my own procrastination sometimes when it comes to 
finishing my passion projects myself. So looking in the mirror on that one, literally. Anyway, so hope you got the gist of this. I'm pretty sure that you did. This idea about how we might relate to villains more so than just heroes. <clears throat> Does that mean that we are supposed to be the villain? No, of course not. Uh, but the ideal is the hero. You know, the ideal is to be like the hero. And the ideal as well is to snuff out that villainous part of ourselves that wants to grip us, hold us in that quicksand and say, no, feed this, feed that, feed this, um, and you'll be better off. And that's, of course, not always the case. So hope you enjoyed this live stream. Uh, this is, again, J.C. Alfelto for The Writer's Lens. <coughs> I'm going to go get a drink of water now that I've been talking this long. And I hope you guys have had a good night and you enjoyed this. Be uh, sure to share this with your friends or anybody else that's interested in story. I'll get back with you guys again soon. All right. Good night.